Welcome to Movies, Music, Etc. I am your host, and with me, there is no tenderness like before in your fingertips. We're trying real hard not to show it, but baby, baby, I know it. You're lost that love and feeling, my co-host, Grant Turner. And today, we're going over Top Gun, a film that came out in 1986, directed by Tony Scott and written by Tim, uh, Jim Cash and Jack Epps. So, going over Top Gun, I would just like to get it out of the way, but this movie was actually inspired by a magazine article that was uh, by Fawn Yeoman. It's a California magazine, but uh, the budget for this movie was $15 million, and it made $357 million, which makes it a financial success, but this is the highest grossing movie of that year. And some of the cast members in this is Tom Cruise playing Maverick, Kelly McGillis as Charlie, Val Kilmer as Iceman, Anthony Edwards as Goose, Tom Skerritt as Viper, uh, Michael Ironside as Jester, and Mr. Strickland himself, Jim Stolkin as Stinger. <laughs> so now we're going to go over the summary of the movie, but some notable mentions. Uh, two people early in their career is Meg Ryan and Tim Robbins. But for the summary, the Top Gun Naval Fighting uh, Fighter Weapons School is where the best of the best train to refine their elite flying skills. When hotshot fighter pilot Maverick, played by Tom Cruise, is sent to the school, his reckless attitude and cocky demeanor put, uh, put him at odds with other pilots, especially the cool and collected Iceman, played by Val Kilmer. But Maverick isn't only competing to be the top fighter pilot, he's also fighting for the attention of his beautiful flight instructor, Charlotte Blackwood, played by Kelly McGillis. So now we're going to go over probably the most notable part of this movie besides the acting and action fighting, the soundtrack, because yes. this is actually an Oscar winning movie because of the soundtrack. And as you know, Danger Zone, performed by Kenny Loggins, is one of them, uh, Playing with the Boys by Kenny Loggins. The main love song that won the Oscar yeah. is Take My Breath Away, uh, performed by Berlin. Berlin. And then the the song that I thought should have been the love song of this movie was Heaven in Your Eyes by Loverboy. And then Destination Unknown, uh, Mighty Wings, and Lead on Me. So uh, this is like, it's it's awesome. I'll get to it, the numbers and the fun facts, but when I was watching this movie when I was younger, I thought these, these songs, I was like, especially Danger Zone. Right. I was, if I was riding my bike anywhere, I was singing that song in my head because I was hell on wheels. <laughs> Danger Zone when I was a kid always got me tuned up and ready to go and excited. And then as I grew older, it was the the intro that plays just the instrumental. Yeah. As soon as I heard that, it was it was go time. It didn't matter <laughs> what. And it was funny because back then, the only lyrics of that song I knew was, ah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, that's on repeat over and over again for the longest time. Didn't know that there was You couldn't convince me that those were the only <laughs> lyrics. <laughs> So now we got the soundtrack to have away. We're going to get to why you're all here, the fun facts. And I'm going to leave this part up to Grant. Oh Would you like to go over the things that they got wrong in the movie, like the inconsistencies before the fun facts? Or you want to do the fun facts first and then come over the inconsistencies? Why don't we cover the inconsistencies because I don't want to go back into it after. The yeah, fact. I don't want to bring this movie down. Right. <laughs> you know, I like, we'll get through this. But uh, so... Some of the inconsistencies is 
they don't know what a bogey is. They call everything in the air a bogey, but the real terms would be like a non-threatening aircraft is called a friendly, a threatening aircraft is called a bandit, an attacking aircraft is called a hostile, and an unseen aircraft uh, that you see on a radar is called a skunk. But every time they've seen anything in the yep. air, even when someone was attacking, they're like, I got a bogey on my tail. Yep. Like, no, they're literally firing at you. They're, they are now a hostile. Uh, another word, another thing they got wrong was they used the word ballistic wrong. Yeah. Uh, going ballistic, bro. Yeah, they're going ballistic, bro. So when someone would call a pilot ballistic, the some would say like they're starting to act crazy. When they used it in the movie, it's called it's caused when the pilot is going too fast. But actually, when when you come over the radio and say a pilot's gone ballistic, ballistic means that a pilot is actually going too slow to maintain control of that said aircraft going too fast is called envelop so so like it normally when this kind of thing happens when they go ballistic is when they're trying to go vertical too fast oh and then the gravity's yeah and gravity's pulling too hard down on them and gotcha uh for all you science (laughs) i i did have this actually mapped out for like the like how much gravity and thrust it would take to start making counterbalances to it. But <laughs> <laughs> I remember how uh, everyone reacted to the formula I put together during the Spider-Man oh. movies. And every... <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of flack for Too that much one. much time on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> that would be on the soundtrack to our lives. <laughs> Speaking of that, who would you like to have play you in a movie about your life? Jeez. Oh, Who's the sexiest, hottest guy right now besides me? <laughs> I would just play me. Everyone would know me. They're like, what famous guy? I think I'd have Kevin Hart play me. It's because we're the same height. I think that'd work out. Your skin tone's a little resemblance, too. Yeah. I like it. Maybe Tom Cruise could play me. <laughs> <laughs> you age about the same. <laughs> Another uh, inconsistency in this movie is the inverted move. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you absolutely cannot do that in a sustained flying, like, in a horizontal area, especially as close as they said to right. that pilot, because their tails would definitely hit. So if they're doing that, obviously you can be inverted for a little bit, if you're, you know, away and by yourself, yep. but for a long time you can't do that? Would that, like, pull you down or, like, act... The opposite of when the plane... Like, all your instruments would be really weird. I don't think you'd be a trained enough pilot. And even if you're a top gun, you'd be able to do that. Plus, they said they was only, like, what, three meters? Yeah. And so, two of the wings are way more than six meters apart. So, they would have definitely hit each other and stuff like that. That's why they don't show the... They only show the cockpit of the two planes in the movie. All angles. All angles. Uh... (laughs) <laughs> this one, it caught me by surprise, but I still noticed it. Okay. The Top Gun program in the movie is designed to have the best pilots go to the, be better at dogfighting, because you know how they talked about in the you know, Vietnam War, oh, right. War they get, it was World 1 War. to 12 yep. every shot, because we rely too much on special weaponry like missiles and radars. But if you go through the whole movie, not one of the, the Top Gun pilots actually fire a single bullet. Right. Not in training, not against the bogeys. They, always, they all use missiles. Yeah. So like, missile lock. Yeah. Sidewinder missile, missile lock. Yeah. So literally, the program designed in the movie, they didn't even do it in the movie. I guess I never even... <laughs> yeah, they never, like, they got shot up themselves. Right. But that was the problem. It was like, these other 
other countries, fighter pilots can end up shooting them with machine guns in the air. Right. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> when Tom puts on the brakes, you know, when he's going, and he put when someone he had a bogey on his tail, he puts on the brakes and he like goes behind him. Yeah. Like, he's like his cool move. That was uh, against Jester. Yeah. So when he does that kind of stuff, you see him punch the throttle forward, which would accelerate, yeah. plus pulling the stick up, which would give him, you know, to start climbing yeah. vertically, which essentially at that moment, the aircraft is flying faster. So putting, so according to this movie, putting on the brakes makes you fly flaps faster. <laughs> uh, hit the brakes and fly right by. You're going to do what? <laughs> You're going to do what? <laughs> so, uh, they actually never say who the enemy is. In the screenplay, they say it was North Korea, but during this time, like, like in the 80s, okay, they didn't want to like get bad publicity and oh, stuff like really? that. Didn't want to make a cinematic movie into yeah, a, a world, like a political movie yeah. kind of thing, something like that. So, like, uh, people normally put it together because they had like the red dot on side thing, which is part of the North Korean flag that. Like, they never actually say it in the movie. Got you. And so, with all these inconsistencies, I can't believe these these went through because the Navy was like, no, we're going to be, we need to be consulted on this. If you're going to use the Navy brand, we don't want mm -hmm. you making the Navy look like in a bad light. Right. But, uh, going, you know, this movie's 36 years old by now. Yeah. Uh, can you name the actual pilot's names? Or do you just know their call sign? The actual names? Yep. Uh, Maverick is Ken Mitchell? Kevin Mitchell. Pete Mitchell. Pete Mitchell. I knew it was Joe Mitchell's kid. Uh, and that's about it. <laughs> and the only reason I know that is because um, on the plane, it's painted on the side of the plane yeah. on the cockpit. That's the only... So... Even like on IMDb, they give their their call signs yeah. on that oh, stuff like that. The... But in the movie, these individuals there, the name was actually said once, or it was on a file, or okay. you could see it on the side of their plane. And as of you said, Maverick is Pete Mitchell. I... <clears throat> Excuse me, Iceman is Tom Lazinski. or is it... Kazansky. Kazansky. What's your problem, Kazansky? What's your problem, Kazansky? Goose is Nick Bradshaw. Viper, they just call him Mike. Uh, okay. Merlin is Sam Wells. Stinger is Tom Jordan. And Jester is Rick Heatherly. Oh, okay. That's their, Heatherly, yeah. yeah. That's their actual name. Okay. So, <laughs> so that, that, that's I the, guess it never really sticks out when I'm watching the movie, but I've seen it enough times. I know who they're talking about. Get your butts out of that fight, gearing up to Commander Heatherly's office. Yeah, that's oh, what okay. reminds me of the, I can't remember the episodes that we did, but like I had to find out what their names were because it was written on paper or some, somewhere in the movie. Yeah. And it took me forever to find. This was one a lot easier to find. <laughs> yeah. Because as soon as like you have a military folder come out, you're like, bam, you're like, ah, you know. But so uh, there's a lot more inconsistencies in there. It's just, I, it's really hard to. Pay attention to the movie while writing this stuff up. Right. But for a fun fact is that this had a killer soundtrack. The fact that it goes without saying, the soundtrack for Top Gun was one of the best of all time. It was also one of the most successful, going nine times platinum and and, uh, and spending five non-consecutive weeks at number one. 
the song Take My Breath Away, performed by Berlin and produced by famed disco producer, I'm going to butcher this name because <laughs> he's Italian, Diriago. Uh, uh, go ahead and Google that. <laughs> uh, won the Academy Award for Best Original Song. So can you imagine a soundtrack to a movie going nine times platinum? Just the soundtrack? No. Yeah, just the soundtrack. But, but Take My Breath Away, wasn't that redone also? Like by Jessica Simpson or somebody? Oh, back in goodness. the... Before 2010? Yeah, it was that redone by... Glad that does sound familiar, Jessica Simpson. I, I can't remember who it was, but I think they did. <laughs> but the soundtrack could have been much different. One of the biggest... Well, one of the biggest acts of the 1980s had the chance to appear on the successful soundtrack, but ended up missing the cut. Brian Adams was actually considered, but the singer backed out because he thought the film promoted uh, too much war. Uh, Ario Speedwagon was tapped to record the song, but decided not to because uh, they couldn't record with their own com- uh, composers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And finally, the band Toto was meant to record Ooh. Danger Zone. Ooh. <laughs> you know, so it could have been the more of a uh, rains down in Africa right, kind of vibe. That's what I was thinking, like, no offense to Toto, but yeah, I can't really get behind them singing Danger Zone. But a dispute put the song in Kenny Loggins' hands instead. So classic '80s Kenny Loggins. You yeah. can't have an '80s movie without Kenny Loggins. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the film was, like I said earlier, the film was inspired by a magazine article. The article "Top Guns" appeared in the May. 1983 issue of California Magazine, and the piece focused on the life of the fighter pilots at the Naval Air, Air Station of Miramar in San Diego, mm-hmm. which I've been there, and it's nice. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, there is a real Top Gun school, and uh, there's actually a $5 fine imposed to anyone who would use staff members that quote the movie, or if they use their call signs, like at the school. Really? They, so you can- Okay, so I would just take my paycheck that I'd get from the government and just put it in the jar because yes. I, it's, it's, it's a, hard it's, for me not to quote the movie. It's and... considered the swear jar of Top Gun School. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, during the scene where Maverick explains that he gave the bird to the Meg, Charlie asks uh, how he saw the Meg up close, and he was... Uh, he says that he was flying inverted, and at that moment, Ice coughs saying bullshit, and everyone laughs. The bullshit line was ad lib by Val Kilmer, and everyone's reaction was actually genuine. Oh, I like that. And like, yeah, uh, we'll get into it a little bit later, but Val Kilmer and Tom Cruise actually did not like each other during the, like, right. the filming of this. And I heard that might be because of the way Val Kilmer was acting, like he was putting himself, like method acting, I guess, putting yeah. himself into the role. Where he's not supposed to get along with this kid. And so he just does everything in his mind to make it so he doesn't. Yeah. When they interact in the movie together after, you know, when they're not in scenes just by themselves there. I don't think there's any hostility, but there's definite tension when they are together alone. Yeah. And uh, so one of the producers is one of probably the most famous producers out there. Jerry Jerry Brockheimer. He talked about convincing Cruz to sign on for the film after his initial uh, reluctance, saying, "The so the, the Navy take will, will take Tom up, and they go see. Uh, they have to go like five G's and do barrel rolls and 
they do everything. He's like heaving in the plane. He gets in. He gets on the tarmac, runs to the payphone because they let him go up with the Blue Angels. Yeah, because that was like one of their little stints of like trying to convince him. He after. Even doing all that, he's thrown up in the plane. He, he got super excited. He ran to the phone, uh, called his agent, and he was like, I need to do this movie. This is amazing. <laughs> and so, like, and he was actually, he actually turned down the movie, like, like four or five times. Yeah, it was yeah. crazy. But they wanted him that bad. But if they would have just got Nicolas Cage to do it, they would have been first time. And it would have probably been the world's greatest movie. No. <laughs> I highly doubt it. But uh, there's only two actors... Because all the actors went up and got in the planes oh, and stuff like right. that. There's only yep. two actors that didn't throw up in a plane. One was Al Kilmer because he never went up in the planes. Oh, really? Yeah, he refused to do it. He's like, I'm not, I'm not being part of that. The other one was Anthony Edwards, yep. who played yep. Goose. is the only actor who went up there, was able to hold his cookies, didn't puke, nothing. So he, he could have been the real aviation guy there. Yeah. But instead he went on to be a doctor. <laughs> so, uh, so when... Mavericks and Maverick and Goose are in the bar, and that, when that first time they go to the bar, oh, okay. and he's trying to make the bet. He goes twenty dollars. He yeah. but when he's like, he goes over to Charlie's character, yeah. who was actually there with somebody. He, he has to like that's why he's mm. like try picking him up. Yeah. So that older man date that Charlie's on at the officers' club is the real life Viper. Oh no, kidding! The real that's the real guy. His name is uh, you're gonna love this, Pete Pettigrew. Oh, Peter Pettigrew. <laughs> Uh, they look nothing alike, and I do not think that they are related, and he was not in Harry Potter. Oh, okay. But he was actually the real-life uh, Viper, and yeah. uh, he was the retired Navy pilot and Top Gun instructor who shot down a MiG during the Vietnam War who served as the technical consultant on the film. Oh. So that was pretty cool. So there are some things that, when during a good movie... Some bad things happen, like a mm-hmm. fifty-four-year-old stunt pilot Art Schul was killed during the production of this movie. He died when his uh, when his Pitts S two camera plane failed to recover from a flat spin and plunged into the Pacific Ocean. Schul's last words over the radio is, "I have a problem. I have a real problem." The exact cause of the crash was never determined, and neither the aircraft nor Schul's body was ever recovered. The film was dedicated in his, in his, his name. That's kind of odd. Well, the flat spin, isn't that what they get into when they fly through Iceman's jet trail? So, is the scene that he was filming for this is actually the scene they were filming for Goose's death. Yeah. So, I'm really surprised they kept that in there, but I guess like Goose's character had to die kind of deal. Right. But I was like... That's got to be a horrible reminder to everybody, you know, yeah. like, with who, if they rewatch this movie mm-hmm. or his family watches this movie, like, that scene that Goose dies on, it's, yeah. that's the scene that that guy died on. So, I was like, <laughs> so, the, uh, after, so, the Navy was such a big part of this. Yeah. Uh, riding on the back of the film's success, the U.S. Navy set up a recruiting booth at all major cinemas to try and catch some of the adrenaline-charged guys leaving the screening. And they had the highest application rate for years as a result. I'll say, like, a long time. Because everyone wanted wanted to be a pilot, which is... It's funny, because, like, it's very rare. Very, very great idea by the 
Navy to get recruits and stuff like that. Yeah. How many people actually get to fly the plane if you're in the Navy? Uh, fun fact, not about the movie, there's actually more Marine Corps pilots than there are Navy and Air Force pilots. Wow, okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. Oh, when you the best, you're the best. Oh, yeah. Deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> so the... Uh, the Navy only authorized two actual missile shots to be filmed in this movie, and only one of them actually was shot from an aircraft. The other one came from like the ground kind of deal. Or oh, okay. A ship. Uh, the, but they can pick out of the two shots. They ultimately shot from several angles of each uh, in each order to of the both shots repeatedly during the dogfighting scenes because the aircraft firing the missile, uh, trying to hold it steady at an altitude and heading somewhere where they. A missile wouldn't hit, right, <laughs> or come close to any other uh, training. Hurt anybody? Or yeah. Anything? All the damage. missile shots shown in the movie are conducted using uh, miniatures in both of planes and rockets. And the company that produced and fired the uh, the model missiles did such a good job that the Department of the Navy actually conducted a investigations on whether any additional live firing of the missiles were. Beyond the two that they authorized. Oh wow! Okay. So and and uh, Jerry Brockheimer and Tony Scott, they were like they didn't like it because they're like, oh, that doesn't look real. That like it just doesn't right. seem real. And then the navy, but the navy <laughs> wants to do an investigation on it because they're like, did you guys shoot real missiles? Where'd you get these from? And then at the end of the movie, when they're in that dogfighting scene, they actually use the same missile shot at two different angles. Mm-hmm. One. Uh, Shoots off the left side, and the other one, it's just the reverse angle of it. Shoots off the, yeah. off the right side of the screen, I guess. But all they did was turn the plane around. Yeah, and it's funny because like when you see the missiles actually shot from the plane, the plane is going to feel like super straight, like it would not be in the middle of a dogfight, like it'd be yeah. maneuvering and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So like that's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, so everyone knows the legendary Tom Cruise curse that. He's probably shorter than everybody in Hollywood. When so Cruz had to wear lifts in all of his scenes with uh, with McGillis because Cruz is five seven and McGillis uh, is five ten. Wow. Also in the in the last scene when Maverick is sitting on the counter, like, like sitting at the counter in that bathroom. Oh yeah. Uh, he has to he has to go he has to go to the jude box and put a quarter in to play the I've lost that loving feeling. Uh, when him and Charlie walk up together, McGillis is actually standing in a trench that was dug by the the technicians <laughs> because they wanted the two to be able to like look the same height and look right. eye to eye. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Tom Cruise has <laughs> like that's always been an issue, and a lot of the a lot of their like kissing scenes, which were added afterwards because. Yeah. The, the, that song was such a big hit, and the producers loved that song so much that they're like, well, we can't have a song this good and not have any like actual love scenes between these two. Right. Tom Cruise had to wear lo- loafers, <laughs> and she had to wear, she was like barefoot the whole time. So. Jeez. <laughs> so he would be perfect to play me. He'd have to wear lifts to play me, too. <laughs> but he was shown swimming. Can you do it? No. I don't want to talk about it. And uh, so, uh, the character portrayed by McGillis, the flight instructor, the filming flight instructor, mm-hmm. was actually based off uh, the actual an actual person called Christine Fox. She was a civilian flight instructor 
the producers met and visited uh, at Miramar while doing research for the film. Fox eventually rose through the ranks at the Pentagon, retiring in May of 2014 and as active duty Secretary of Defense, the highest post ever held by a woman at the Department of Defense. Wow. So that's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. uh, another, another fun fact is all of Maverick's stunts were uh, the flying stunts in the film were all done by Scott Altman. Who later on went to become an astronaut? Huh. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, because it's like it's the very low chances of being a pilot mm -hmm. in the military. It's an even less being a, an astronaut. So, and then being he's probably a pilot for a shuttle. That's what I would oh, imagine. Oh, yeah. So uh, they had to do a lot of a lot of things with the Navy's approval, mm -hmm. but in the opening of the film. Uh, Scott wanted to shoot the aircraft taking off and landing on the aircraft carrier, backlit by the sun. The, uh, the carrier's captain who, uh, had changed course of the ship, and when Scott asked if the ship could continue, uh, could continue on the previous course and speed, he was told that turning the ship around would cost $25,000. So Scott then wrote a check to the captain and quit, uh, quit $25,000. So they, they he, so he would turn the ship around so they can get that shot. Yeah. Like in the slow, it's a mm -hmm. slow motion entry thing. And so a, a, that came out to be like a $25,000 for five minutes worth Jeez. of like footage, you know. So that was, and uh, $5,000 a minute. Yeah. And so, and uh, the producers and the company didn't pay for that. That was, was strictly out of his that pocket. That was strictly out of his, his pocket. Wow. And according to, the Tony Scott, the check bounced. <laughs> <laughs> so, I like how the, the people on deck, when the planes are coming in or taking off in the beginning of the movie, they, they're all excited, pumping their fists and like all that stuff too. The guys on the ground bringing the planes in with the sticks and the motions and everything. Yeah. As soon as that plane hits, that dude pumps his fist like, yeah! Just, I don't know, it always kind of made me chuckle and... It makes you Love sound it. like even like a flight deck crew. It was like, that's the cool thing. You're like, yeah, yeah that exactly. Did a good job. Yeah, he's about to look at me. He's like, you did it, bro. Like, point now. <laughs> <laughs> I made sure the runway was clear, <laughs> and I motioned him in. He did the rest. Nobody's dead. <laughs> so the original person they had chose for uh, the play Maverick with Matthew Modane, but he turned down the role because it went against his political beliefs he wasn't um, a big war person yeah but other people that were considered for the role of maverick if you say nicholas cage <laughs> i will slap you across the face. well there there's a wide variety a wide variety of people that they chose well, for this okay so it's the 80s so he wouldn't be in it he was more of a 90s guy i'm gonna say travolta was probably one of them uh, travolta is one 80s uh tom hanks was coming through in the 80s tom hanks was one yeah uh who else would have been i can't think of anybody else right now but it seems like travolta and tom hanks are always so after matthew Modane and turn it down they considered patrick swayze oh yeah i'm an idiot i should have known that emilio estevez coach bombay yeah <laughs> john cusack Ugh. Matthew Broadwick, Sean Penn, Michael J. Fox, 
John Travolta, Scott Baio, and Tom Hanks all turned down the roles of Ma uh, to play Maverick before Cruz was casted. And Charlie Sheen, Jim Carrey, Rob Lowe, Kevin Bacon, Eric Schultz, and Robbie Downey Jr. were also all considered for the role of Maverick. But I did leave out one name, Rob and, it, and it was Nicolas Cage. <laughs> and I'm serious. Really? Yes. <laughs> so, uh, like I said, would have been the greatest ever. Yeah. That's a huge, like... That's a those lot are, of people. Uh, and and they're huge actors at the time, too. And all completely different. Like, Patrick Swayze and Emilio Estevez couldn't be more different. Yeah. I I mean, obviously, I know Emilio Estevez from um, the Mighty Ducks movies. But he was in Young Guns before that, obviously. And yeah. he was in a couple other movies with Charlie Sheen. Men at Work, I think. That was a good 80s movie. Yeah. A terrible movie, but for the 80s, it was typical. Another fun fact is Emilio Estevez and Charlie Sheen are brothers. brothers yeah. And uh, funny thing is, Charlie Sheen was in Hot Shots, which came out a few years after this, which is oh, a complete spoof of Top Gun. Yeah. So it would have been really cool if he would have played Maverick in the action movie and then this character in the spoof. So Another thing that's kind of funny that Nicolas Cage and John Cusack were both considered for that part and then they help each other in Con Air. That is correct. <laughs> I think these guys all know each other. But I thought this around this time Robert Downey Jr. was getting into all that trouble. I thought he got busted for drugs in the 90s. Was it? About early After 90s? Um, he did uh, was it U.S. Marshals with Tommy Lee Jones and Wesley Snipes? I think it's that one. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it was oh. after that movie, I think, because he was, I don't know when that was, mid-90s maybe. Well, it is a good thing that a that Tom Cruise got this movie, because the movie he did prior to this was that movie Legend. I've never heard of it. Uh, I can't even remember the premise of the movie, but uh, Tim Curry plays like the devil, and he has to kill him with like a unicorn, a unicorn horn, something like that. Mm. It's like the devil's going to drink the unicorn blood. It's a weird movie. <laughs> See, I would have said Risky Business. Like he was in Ricky right yeah. before this too, but everyone talked about like that's all everyone ever knew him from was him sliding across the floor in yeah. his underwear. But then a lot of people are like, well, he was in that weird movie Legends, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but for the Charlie role, uh, Ali uh, Sheedy turned down the role to play Charlie Blackwood because she didn't think that anyone would want to go see a movie about fighter pilots. She later regretted that decision, considering that was the largest growth movie of that year. <laughs> right? So. Clearly, everyone wanted to see it, but Brooke Shields and actually uh, and uh, Deborah Winger also were considered for that role. That was cool. And uh, this next fun fact traumatized me as a kid. Oh, so two video fun. games were based oh, very yes. loosely on this movie. <laughs> I have played this too <laughs> for the, uh, the NES. Well, the first game was really had no storyline, and the second game actually served as a sequel storyline regarding Maverick up against the new group of villains. But that first game was one of the hardest, like, there's, I always put video games in categories of, like, the hardest one I ever played. Yeah. And the hardest one I've ever played was the, the one Ninja Turtle game where, like, Oh, after, yeah, where you're all four of them. Yeah, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it's super hard. Oh, yeah. But, but this one was. The first two levels are easy, and then it. You can't even get through the halfway through the third one. So I had this game, <laughs> and it was so damn hard. Like, cause you have to start in the beginning. And this was it was actually so bad that you actually had like actual uh, pilots had mm -hmm. issues trying to play this game. Cause uh, even though all the instruments in there, all the 
different um, controls you had to have on a controller just to make this thing fly were more realistic than they should have been. But I remember, like, you have to take off, and then you have to go do certain things, and you have to try to land. Well, it took me a good year or so to even take off without crashing. (laughs) And it would show, like, if you go down, like, if you never take off, it shows, like, a long shot away from the aircraft carrier, and it shows, like, you just blowing up, you know, fire and smoke everything all in the water. Is that the one where if you crash so many times, they put you in, like, the flight simulator in the game, and you had to, like, do something in that? (laughs) I'm not, I'm not sure, because I would do it, like, five or six times. Yeah. I'm turning this off, and then oh, I can do it now, you know? I've yeah. calmed down a little bit, but... But I can remember, after I was able to take off, I absolutely did not know what to do. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I was five at the time. Right. This was the hardest game ever. <laughs> and, but then, like, for somehow, I had to, like, you're getting low on fuel or whatever, because there was a fuel gauge on yep. the thing. So you had to, like, land back on the plane. And after every time, it doesn't matter... If you would come and land on the deck, or if you would land too short, or you overshot it, it always showed that outcut scene of you trying to land, and it shows you crashing into there, and it was so, I was so frustrated. You just gotta start all over again. Yeah, and it took so long to get to, and there, like, there was really no storyline to the game, just like it said, like, you didn't do nothing. Right. But, you know, because of the success of the movie. They didn't really have to do anything for a storyline. No. No, you're just going to ride the coattails of the Top Gun. And you know how you said you were watching this on Paramount Plus, Mm -hmm. the streaming service? Which is funny, because Paramount is the the company that produced it and stuff like that. Yeah. They no longer own the rights to it, so it's weird that's even on there. Like, they did the... They actually made a roller coaster of this, and they called it Top Gun. But after Paramount Paramount lost the rights, it's called Flight Deck now. (laughs) So... Do you think there's no storyline in that game because it was so hard to take off and land that the creators are like, you know what, screw it. Yeah, I was like, they're, they're already we just, buying We can give up now. <laughs> People are going to buy it. We don't yeah. to do anything with it. Yeah. So, uh, so, like you said, this was uh, directed by Tony Scott, mm-hmm. which he has a famous brother, Ridley Scott, the director of... Uh, the Aliens movies. Oh. Uh, he's very famous, very big. He did, just did Prometheus and a ton of credits to his name. Yeah. But uh, uh, Tony Scott, who has died now, but he actually made another movie like Top Gun. Okay. Days of Thunder. Oh. <laughs> so it's literally, yeah. yeah and, they saw, and they called that one, you know, Top Gun on a, a NASCAR uh, yeah. kind of deal. It's just funny. They used Tom Cruise again. Yeah. But uh, the original directors that they had in time was David Cornenberg. Uh, mm-hmm. He's made a cut. I can't think of anything on the top of my head, but he is a big, a big yeah. time director. And the other one is John Carpenter. Oh, <laughs> can you imagine John Carpenter? <laughs> Amazing director. This is just not his genre. No, like they wouldn't have been going against the Megs in the air. They've been trying to fly after vampires yep. or some shit, you know, <laughs> on dragons. Yep. Uh, another so another fun fact is the Pentagon demanded script approval to ensure the Navy was portrayed in a positive light. They demanded the the cause of Goose's death to be changed from a mid-air collision to an ejection malfunction because the Navy was concerned that it might oh. make them look like the pilots were too many pilots were crashing. Right. So it's easier to explain a malfunction in mm-hmm. a, an aircraft, which we'll get to it after. After we get through these facts about the the sequel and stuff like that, but 
Oh, I'm pumped. But if you remember, uh, rem- like you brought up his name earlier, uh, if you remember John Stockwell, who also played Cougar in the uh, memorable scene where in the beginning of the film where he got too scared. Mm-hmm. And he, well, he, he actually went on to become a director where he goes uh, to direct the sun-soaked popcorn films like the 2002's Blue Crush with oh, Kate okay. Beckinsale, or, uh, Kate, Kate Bos- Bosworth, and uh, Michelle Rodriguez, which they look sexy in that. I love that movie. And the 2005's Into the Blue with Paul Walker and Jessica Alba, mm-hmm. and along with 2006 horror film, uh, Turistas. Never Turistas. Heard of, yeah, I never yeah. heard of it. But it's kind of like a hostel type movie. Yeah, so uh, like the movie Hostel, not Hostel, the movie Hostel. <laughs> not like, not like a. a well, I mean, it is Hostel, but <laughs> it's a movie like the movie Hostel. And so, uh, McGillis, she knew uh, Kilmer before the movie. She revealed in a, a aforementioned interview that they went to Juilliard together. Really? Yeah. I did not know. That I didn't know Val Kimmer with the Julie already. Yep. That was my thing. I was like, hmm. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Edwards and Ryan, uh, Anthony Edwards and Meg Ryan, who mm-hmm. played husband and wife in the film, also dated in real life. Hmm. Lucky guy. Is that their kid in the movie, too? That yeah. plays the kid? <laughs> <laughs> what is his name? He's a... I don't think they ever say his, the kid's name. Look, you got me all excited. My my watch thinks I'm in a workout. You got my heartbeat going. You're welcome. <laughs> it's been beating off the hook for the last 45 minutes. Yeah. So. <laughs> Ever since cr- I walked in the door. I've been going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you have that effect on me. So uh, the then Paramount executives, uh, Jeffrey Kurtzenberg and Michael Eisner, didn't like the script. The film was sidelined until the new CEO... Uh, Ned uh, Tennant came in and took over there, took over and greenlit to during the uh, the lodge meeting. He didn't even read the screenplay. He was just like, "I love this. I love this concept. Let's do it." And so we, they told him what it was about, and he's like, "Yep, go ahead." Yep. So like, oh, okay. So when you're a CEO, you can make some good decisions. <laughs> and uh, another fun fact: uh, the term "Meg" isn't a real term. Meg. Meg. Yeah. Oh. It like that's what they kept calling those yeah. guys. Uh, they're saying it because it was like a MIG S fourteen something like that. That's what they're calling the plane. Oh which yeah, is, yeah. It's not a real plane. No. Mm. So I was like, yeah. which it's you know it's whatever. But your information on the MIG is inaccurate. Should <laughs> <laughs> I put that in the consistencies? <laughs> so that's all the fun facts that I have prepared for you. Do you have any? I do have one that you did not mention. I like fun facts. Tell For me. Uh, all of you Walker, Texas Ranger fans out there, Trevette is in the movie also. I can't think of his name, his real name or whatever, but uh, Sundown, I believe, is his call sign, and he's Maverick's Rio after Goose dies. He's the first one that goes up in the plane with Maverick, and then uh, Maverick kind of bugs out when he's with, up against Jester for the first time flying. And Jester's oh, kind of baiting him into, you know, taking the shot like, to take, take the shot. Down. Take this. I'm not, and he, I don't have to take he the bugs shot. out and he goes and lands. <clears throat> and then he comes up behind him and yells at Maverick. And Maverick kind of grabs him and screams in his face yeah. and walks away. 
That seems slightly racist for a call sign for a black guy. Sundown? <laughs> yes. I'm pretty sure that's I I'm pretty sure that's what it was. I mean it's really hard to read. His his helmet is like red with black stripes and then it's black uh going from his forehead to the like towards the top of his yeah. head. And I'm pretty sure it says sundown on it. I'm gonna have to look because of that. <laughs> I guess it was the eighties. <laughs> Though you were talking about how the the scene right before Goose dies, they were in uh, Iceman's like tail. Oh yeah, it's jet stream. And they and, like they they jet talked wash, to, yeah. they talked about the proceedings of like the court proceedings of it that he was not at fault, like it was uncontrollable. Which you know if you're right. if you're tailing a jet, you're probably going slower than you need to be, which you end up losing control anyway because right. that's what going ballistic is. Yeah, but in the sequel, like it shows that Goose's kid so mad at Maverick, like, Maverick killed him. Like, it wasn't the Navy's malfunctioning equipment that did it, you know? Well, it wasn't even Maverick's fault. It was Iceman. Yeah, so, but then, like, if Iceman would have taken the shot or would have listened and gotten out of the way sooner, it wouldn't have ever happened. But in the sequel, Iceman's the Admiral, so you can't be mad at him. (laughs) I can be mad at whoever I want. I can be mad at whoever the hell I want. I can be mad at Val Kilmer for... Being as awesome as he is. So, like, this movie came out a year before I was born, so I thought, I clearly didn't watch it for, like, another five years or so. But I thought Val Kilmer was the cool one in the mm-hmm. movie. I was like, that dude, like, he just looks tough. He looks fly. Like, that guy. I want him to win the Top Gun Award. Right. It, you know, in the movie, he does. <laughs> he, he walks the walk and talks the talk the entire movie until yeah. the end when they're in the dog fighting scene and... He has to have Maverick go up and save his ass. And that makes okay. So this could have easily have uh, uh, could have started World War Three. They sent two pilots out on mm-hmm. a scouting mission into enemy territory, which is an international incident. Yeah, and then they get all pissy because, well, the, yeah, they sent they sent two and Maverick two. was on. He was on. He was on deck waiting. Yeah. In case something were to happen to one of them. Yep, and then he was like, something happened. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> like, <laughs> just send them all. Like, <laughs> you have to do a show. Like, that's a, a military thing. That you I don't to, understand why. You have to do a show of force. You're not going to go out to, in, you're not going to cross into enemy territory. With two planes. With only two planes. Like, if you're doing a scout mission, for one, you wouldn't use F-18s. A huge plane, yeah. Yeah, you, you'd use, like, a, a scouting plane mm-hmm. or... Like a, a Boeing plane where you would, it would show, you know, it's it's made for spying right. like that. No, we're gonna send two fighter jets to look super aggressive, and we're gonna go into enemy territory, and then we're gonna leave this guy, you know, eighty not eighty clicks out because how far is a click? A thousand meters. Okay. So uh, third of a mile, little under a third of a mile. Oh, so okay. like three and a half clicks is like a mile. Okay. Yeah, it sounds so much cooler. Like, I ran three miles today. And like, well, I ran, you know, nine clicks. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, damn, you animal. Like, yeah, yeah, this is me on day. Day in the life. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That, I always wanted a Polaroid camera, too, when I was a kid. Just because of the goose when they're yeah. keeping up foreign relations. <laughs> yeah, keep up foreign relations. <laughs> Which... That's a very hostile move. Like if you come in with close to like a like a, like 
another aircraft from another nation and be like, uh, they were trying to hit us. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like you on the freeway in California, you're like, this little bitch is close. <laughs> <laughs> really like that. So, another thing in that movie is like, I thought, you know, I was like, Maverick, he's the hero. He's going to win that award. He's, mm, yeah. He was like the second choice to go there and, you know, flew thing. He gets to go. The underdog type deal. And then when like Val Kimmer's character went, I was like, what kind of movie is this? I was like, I'm glad like my guy won, but right. I was like, what the the whole point of the movie was him winning that award, but now the whole point of the movie is him saving the day at the end. I was right. Like, but you know, I mean, how, and that's like, that's kind of ter- like as soon as Goose dies, and it's like, oh geez, like the movie kind of takes an odd turn, but you feel for him, and you understand what's going on, and then when he comes back, then you're kind of oh he's back, and then yeah, they're all together at the when they get presented the award, when uh, Iceman gets uh, the Top Gun award, him yeah. and uh, God, I can't think of the real name, Hollywood, or is it Hollywood or Merlin? Hollywood, because Merlin is Maverick's real in the, at the end of the movie. Merlin, yeah. Um, like I thought it was done there, and then all of a sudden they get the assignment to go to wherever. And... Yeah. They don't say. Yeah. <laughs> Which you would think was a good plot for the movie. It's like, we're going somewhere. Yep. And we're not going to even let the audience know. Or our military combatants. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you know, in, uh, when we did the Child's Play episodes, and we were talking about their uh, their uh, marketing placement towards kids. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you buy this good guy doll, you have to buy all these good guy products to do this and stuff. It was a huge marketing tool. Yeah. You know, and then in this movie, it was a huge marketing tool for the Navy. When I seen this, I was probably like five, six, seven. I wanted to be a pilot since then. <laughs> like then, like nine eleven is what made me wanna like essentially join the military. But like right. back in the day, I wanted to be a pilot. Pilot, and it was because of this movie. So I could easily say that this movie influenced, influenced very young children, <laughs> which nowadays a recruiter can't talk to anyone under the age of like sixteen, seventeen without a parent okay, being there. Yeah. So. uh I think Jerry Brockheimer and Tony Scott should all be put in jail for trying to recruit, you know, adolescents into the military. Well, I don't think that was their angle. But... I know. I just think it's funny. Because, it like, we had this old couch. My parents had, like, they do the furniture, and so they put the back couch on, like, the back porch or whatever. Yeah. So I took the cushions off, and I tilted it forward, and I found oh, two wood planks. Yeah. It looks like you're inside of, like, a, a jet, and I, I, I was like... <laughs> And, you know, back then I wasn't the strongest person. So, like, tipping this couch forward was a chore. So I would just leave it like that. And, like, to me it looked like an actual jet. looked really cool. Right. I, th- I thought it was super clever. But then, like, my mom was getting, like, an earful from, like, the neighborhood association. Like, yeah, you have trash. It's all over your yard. <laughs> so another thing that bothered me about this movie was okay before last week i've seen it i watched it twice in the last week yeah. but before that it's probably been a good 20 years at Jeez. least it, well way more than that i've been at least 25 years since you've seen it yeah since i watched it wow yeah so i when i was watching it like a week ago i didn't realize how super fast paced this was can i imagine if you go to a top gun academy it's not going to be a couple weeks thing it's going to be right. months long right and it seemed like they were zooming through there. Goose dies. He goes on missions right away. I was like, 
I was thinking, I was like, like they really don't put a time frame on any of this movie about like how long something's taken. So like, you it look it seems like everything happened within a couple of weeks. Well, doesn't he say? Doesn't Viper say when they're when they all meet in that classroom right when they get to Top Gun? Doesn't he say how long it's gonna take? I don't remember. I can't remember. Like that's all I kept thinking about. I was like, geez. He went to this school, Goose died, he goes on this mission within a few weeks. I'm like, that's what it feels like in this well, world. And you, then he falls in love with his instructor within you, the first day. <laughs> if you think, uh, if they do a hop a day, the hop that Goose dies on is like hop 38. So a little over a month anyway. Yeah. That's like, I would still think like that course is probably a, at least a six month deal. See, and I think, I, I would think that would kind of way hard on the instructors that are flying the plane if you're doing say you got 10 teams just for easy figuring the team's going up once they're going up 10 times that day and you're going to do that every day for the entire course well they, they probably act like uh, they i'm probably sure they have, probably have other oh well yeah they have like weekends off and yeah. stuff like that so it's it's, it's a it'll be like a five day. like it's like if you go so in in the Marines, you can be you go to a, a MAI course, it's the mm-hmm. Marine Corps Martial Art Instructor course. Okay, that's like oh shoot, I think it was three and a half weeks or something like that. It's it's not super long, but then he, there's another course or the MEIT course where you become an instructor trainer, okay. and that's a couple months long, but you get like weekends off, like if it's well, if I just it's like you're doing a job kind of thing. I so I imagine meant, that's how it's like. That, I just meant like wear and tear on the body. For the instructors that are going up, oh yeah, I imagine like, and I imagine there's more than just you know, yeah, the two instructors, and, but and obviously, before I thought of that, I was thinking that it was just Jester or just Viper, but he says that the top whatever have the opportunity to come back and be instructors. Yeah, and so, so that's another thing that bothers me is how he he's second in the class. Yeah. <laughs> He goes on one mission, and then they ask him, "Where do you, you want to go?" And he goes, "I want to be an instructor." You, you didn't even win the the course. You weren't even the top person in the course. No. You went on one mission, and then you want to go instruct the course. <laughs> well, the only reason he didn't win is because Goose died. Yeah. Well, and then see, Iceman sabotaged him. Ice, oh. ice. You know, two points. It was only two points. Don't you say that's about my fucking <laughs> Val with my homie? But that's another thing in the in the. Sequel from what we know so far. I don't want anything spoiled already. Well, uh, just trailers. Like he's oh. a test pilot somewhere doing stuff, and he's not even in the navy anymore. They're like they talk about it like I didn't even want to invite you back. He goes, well, I didn't get an invite. You know, like, <laughs> they're called orders, Maverick. You got to come back, kind of deal. So he was like, so from what I see, he's not even in the navy anymore. Uh, granted, it has been. 36 years yeah almost to the day i think before which if you were in the military for 36 years and don't go any high because he was like a lieutenant you yeah. gotta go and like he, the highest he was was a captain they would force you out because you're not making any progression oh. <laughs> after 36 years you know but and uh you know, but maybe they man, didn't have to force him out because they just called him to save the day he wasn't he wasn't <laughs> in so they didn't force him out <laughs> <to> go. so <laughs> What otherwise like i like it's a fun movie and it's really nostalgic and like the reason we are doing this episode is because we're gonna go and do 
uh, a review after we see the yep. second one, which I hope it's good. I, I don't like the premise that Goose's kid is mad at Maverick. Because right. like, it, I think it's taken away. It's taken away from the original story. Though. Yeah, like it's it's taken away what's special about the first movie. Right. Like Maverick is just the, the top of the line, the best guy to ever walk through the country. They even say that in the new trailer. Like, but then they also say like, we're gonna go into a form of combat that not even this pilot has, not even he's ever seen. Yeah. But like, as far as you know, he's the last person to engage in an aerial fight. Right. So what do you right. mean? <laughs> I don't, the one thing that kind of scares me about it is that it's been 36 years. Like, a lot of movies that come out with sequels <clears throat> later on, I, I'd have a hard time getting behind because I loved the first one so much. And then I go see the second one and it's like, what am I doing here kind of thing. Yeah, so I was like... But I hope it's good. I, I hope it kind of, you know, spurs that, that little flying airplane stuff that got me when i was a kid like i hope it's a good movie i hope they don't just focus on the the goose's kid and maverick's like hatred towards each other but i hope they and like i hope there's an actual really good storyline and maverick has to come in and save the day because he is the only guy that can do it right and i hope i really really want this i don't care if val kumar was an as an admiral in this i, I hope want he them to be the wingman yep uh are you you can be my wingman anytime. Bullshit. Or you can be mine. You can be mine. <laughs> I, they better. They better get in the plane together. Um. Uh, back to when you were saying that there was genuine kind of tension between those two, yeah. like hatred to to an extent. Uh. When they first came out and started talking about doing Top Gun two, and they approached Tom Cruise about doing it, he said he'd do it under one condition. And that was Val Kilmer playing Iceman, and they have to be in the movie. He had to be in the movie. Uh, I, yeah. That was the number one condition for that. I would hope after 36 years, whatever issues they had together is resolved by now. Well, see, and I don't think... You I hold on a second, I have like to a, open my soda. I don't think there was any real big issue, really. I just think it was more of a uh, method acting type deal. And, th- and like, I can, I don't see Val Kilmer as being that, like, vindictive of a guy. I do see Tom Cruise being that kind of guy. But right. they did say, Especially like, early. They did say during the movie, like, it's either Tom Cruise and the rest of the cast would hang out together or Val Kilmer and the rest of the cast hang out together. They wouldn't hang out with each other. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, I just thought of something. Oh, nice. So, uh, these guys that you said that were Tag to play Maverick. Emilio Estevez, Charlie Sheen, Patrick Swayze, uh, and Charlie er, and uh, Tom Cruise. Michael J. Fox, John yep. Cusack, John Travolta, Matthew Broadwick, yep, not Scott those. Bayo. But these these four were all in a movie together. Along with Ralph Macchio, the karate kid. The Outsiders. You know the book The Outsiders? Yeah. They made a movie. And those five are brothers or all in the their big group of friends was sheen in that yeah i know patrick swayze was patrick swayze was the oldest one yeah he was he was dean or, or... yeah i can't think yeah the but, older brother. and then emilio estevez was the one the one that uh wore mickey mouse on a shirt two bit i think yeah and then ralph macchio was pony boy pony, no ralph macchio was the one that gets johnny Ralph Macchio was Johnny. The one that almost dies in the fire. 
The one that kills the the Soch. Oh, and then uh, Matt Dillon. Yeah, say, yep. was Dallas. We'll do it for Johnny. We'll do it for Johnny. I like it. I haven't seen that movie. That's a crappy movie. Great book, crappy movie. I, they they leave a lot of stuff out of it. If the I movie. don't have to read it, it's a great movie. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Except for the Harry Potters. Uh, yeah. Even though uh, Pete Pettigrew, he can't. He definitely lost himself and started uh, getting wizardly. But he was a really great pilot back in the day. I guess. So you. <laughs> you said earlier that you wanted. Watching this movie when you were a kid, you wanted to be a fighter pilot. Ah, uh, yes. See, when I watched this movie, I wanted to be a beach volleyball star. <laughs> but you me to, being you me, flex I'd be the one. No muscles. No, no, no. I'd be, I wouldn't be one of those three. I'd be like Goose. I'd have my t-shirt on all covered up. <laughs> <laughs> Telling me that I can't go on my day because we got to give it to you. Just one more. Just, Just one more. Let's stick it to these guys, man. <laughs> I, I can't. This beautiful lady at home, which uh, there was actually a fact that I have on here, but the elevator scene, yeah, after oh, that, that first, was... after the first night they slept together, mm-hmm. like they look completely different because he had longer hair because this was filmed after, after yeah, after the movie was they're done both working thing. on other movies or something like this, yeah, like she had a longer, darker hair, so they put her up in a, like a ball cap, yeah, and they slicked his hair back, but then she lost a lot of weight for this next role. Which that's why they have her oh, like a with coat. a clipboard oh, okay. and a coat covering herself. Which I was like, I didn't really notice it back then, but I definitely noticed it's, it now. It's very, uh, it's a very odd scene. Yeah, like it's a, just a little cut scene, but it's still yeah, like a, weird. But uh, that's all I have for for this movie. I I love this movie. It's it's like I can't wait for the sequel. Yeah, and, I, like, and like I said, we're gonna go to the movie. We're the movies. We're gonna watch it, and then we're uh, we're gonna do a review on it just right after immediate. Don't worry, we'll tell you. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Yep.